Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP Dulcrebiology and much more. I'm your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 9, week well, about that. I've skipped a week or two of recording the podcast, so officially week 12, which I'm calling Cell Week. In this week's podcast, we will recap some concepts from Unit 2, Cells and Cell Transport. In this week's second segment, I'll have some important AP Dual Credit Biology news for our course in what I'm calling and now this. And in our final segment, we go back into Mr. V's mailbag, where I'll answer some more listeners' questions, feedback on what I call Mr. V answers your questions, or at least tries to. Now, before we begin the podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call Mr. V needs to pay the mortgage. This episode is brought to you by Lysosomes. Hey, Are you having issues with your cells digesting macromolecules? Are you feeling like your cells aren't getting it done, breaking down pathogens as they enter and create havoc? Well, if so, get down to your local ER and Golgi and get you some lysosomes. That's right, our membrane-bound, hydrolytic, enzyme-infused lysosomes are ready for all your digestion needs and ready to clean up your cells of worn-out organelles or naughty pathogens trying to do your cells wrong. So let our lysosomes phagocytize to their heart's content, keeping your cells clean and running as efficiently as a Mandalorian wiping out stormtroopers. I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are part of my religion. Side effects of lysosomes may include apoptosis, cell death, acidic pH, flatulence, TikTok video dancing, dinosaur breath, and grayscale. And we're back. So let's go ahead and hit that sorely miss rewind button and review some concepts from the weeks that were cell week. Now for this cell unit concept review, I'm going to focus on two concepts, cell size limits and the different types of passive transport. So let's first get into why cells are small. Why are cells microscopic and not large like the size of a basketball? So why are cells so small? To answer this question, we have to understand that in order to survive, cells must constantly interact with their surrounding environment. Now, gases like CO2 and oxygen and food molecules like macromolecules dissolved in water must be absorbed and waste products must be eliminated. For most cells, the passage of all materials in and out of the cell must occur through their cell membrane. Now, each internal region of the cell has to be served by part of the cell surface. As a cell grows bigger, its internal volume enlarges and the cell membrane expands. Unfortunately, the volume increases more rapidly than does the surface area. And so the relative amount of surface area available to pass materials to a unit volume of the cell steadily decreases. Now, eventually, 
at some point, there's just enough surface available to service all the interior. If it is to survive, the cell must stop growing, which limits its size. Now, the important point to remember is that the surface area to volume ratio gets smaller as the cell gets larger, which is not a good thing. We always want a large surface area to volume ratio. But as mentioned, as the cell grows, this ratio gets smaller and the cell becomes less efficient. No way. way. Thus, if the cell grows beyond a certain limit, not enough material will be able to cross the membrane fast enough to accommodate the increased cellular volume. When this happens, the cell must divide into smaller cells with favorable surface area to volume ratios or cease to function or die by apoptosis. Cool story, bro. And that is why cells are so small. But some cells do grow beyond certain cell limits by creating infoldings of their cell membrane, like villi and microvilli found in intestinal cells to help maximize their absorption of nutrients. Wow, that's cool! Now, make sure you go back and you read your online textbook over cell size to get that deeper understanding and why Watch those recommended videos about cell size limits to continue to strengthen this concept in our biological knowledge, a concept that will definitely show up on our Unit 2 exam. Still much to learn, you have. Now, the second concept that I want to review is types of passive transport. Transport of materials across the cell membrane that requires no energy. That's right, no energy. And the first type of passive transport to discuss is simple diffusion, where molecules will move from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration, where there's a whole bunch to where there's a little, until dynamic equilibrium is reached. Now, molecules that can simply diffuse across a membrane, a phospholipid bilayer, are molecules that are similar or have similar properties to this lipid bilayer. And some of these molecules that can simply diffuse are lipids. They can easily diffuse across that membrane. Also, nonpolar hydrophobic molecules like CO2 and oxygen can also diffuse easily across the membrane. Now, polar molecules like sugar, ions, atoms that have charges, and even water won't be able to simply diffuse across a membrane. They're going to need a little assistance to get across a membrane. Now, I do want to mention that some water can diffuse across the membrane, but it does so usually very slowly. For quick, fast movement of water, it will need to use an integral protein, an embedded protein in the membrane, which leads us to our next type of passive transport, facilitated diffusion. <laughs> Now, facilitated diffusion is a type of passive transport. So, once again, no energy required because molecules are still going with their concentration gradient from high concentration to low concentration. They just need a little help getting across the membrane from an integral protein or a protein channel embedded in that phospholipid bilayer. Now, these protein channels are very specific about the molecules that they will let in or out of the cell membrane. For example, their specific protein channels just for water, usually what we call aquaporins. Uh, we have others that are specific for maybe just glucose, others for amino acids, and so on. 
Now, molecules that use facilitated diffusion to get across the cell membrane are once again hydrophilic substances like water, glucose, ions, amino acids, salts, you know, anything that is hydrophilic or has a charge. Now, these hydrophilic molecules will bind to a protein end sticking out of the cell membrane, fitting perfectly like a key in a lock, causing a conformational change in the protein, opening up the channel and allowing the substance to move across the membrane. So to recap, hydrophilic molecules still moving from high concentration to low concentration, but with the help of a protein channel or transmembrane protein and no energy required. That is facilitated diffusion. Cool story, bro. Now, so far, we've come to understand the process of simple diffusion and facilitated diffusion and how it plays into allowing molecules in and out of cells in a general sense. Now, let's get a bit more detail and look at a process of a special type of diffusion called osmosis. Now, osmosis refers specifically to the diffusion of water molecules across a membrane, a semi-permeable membrane. That is the key, must involve a membrane. This is a type of passive transport that requires no energy. Now, as per the rules of diffusion, water will always move from higher to lower concentrations. But for osmosis, sometimes a better way to think of it is that water will always move towards higher concentrations of solutes. One way to remember this is to imagine that water molecules really love salty things or that salt sucks. Whenever they find a higher concentration of salt or whatever other solute on the opposite side of the membrane, they are behind, they will rush through it to get as much salt as they can, or the salt sucks the water in its direction. Now, there are different types of solutions, environments that cells can have and can be surrounded by that will determine the movement of water. Now, when the concentration of a solute is equal on both sides of a membrane, the two solutions inside and outside the membrane are said to be isotonic, equal solutes and equal free water on both sides. Now, this does not mean that there is no movement of water through the membrane. However, just that the movement is such that the concentrations stay the same. This is what we call dynamic equilibrium. There are equal rates of water going in and out across that membrane. Now, when the concentration of a solute is less on one side of the membrane than the other, the solution is said to be hypotonic. So less solute and more free water is a hypotonic solution. Now, the solution on the other side of the membrane, the one with the higher concentration of solute, that is said to be hypertonic. So more solute, less free water is a hypertonic solution. Now, what we need to remember is that water always moves from hypotonic solutions to hypertonic ones, from areas of high concentration of water to areas of low concentration of water. Bazinga! Now, what you need to do is go back and review how do cells, animal, plant, protists, respond to these different environments, for that is the key, applying your osmosis knowledge to how living cells cope with these environments and which environments they prefer to be in.
And that there are the three types of passive transport. Molecules diffusing through a membrane, some right through the membrane, others with the help of a protein channel, but none of them needing energy. No energy required. And that, my biology jabronis, was the weeks that were for cell week. And now for our second segment, where I share some important AP dual credit biology news in a segment I'm calling, And Now This. And now this, Cell Exam Unit 2 Multiple Choice will be on Monday, November 9th for A Day and Thursday, November 12th for B Day. So make sure to get your study on. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. And now this, FRQ will be on Tuesday, November 10th for B Day and Wednesday, November 11th for A Day. And here is your big hint for the FRQ. It will deal with Chapter 5 material. Yes, that's right, Chapter 5 macromolecules. And it's specifically going to be focusing on the Macromolecule ID Investigation Lab. So make sure to go back and review the indicators used, you know, Benedict's, iodine, burettes, the macromolecules they tested for, and what a positive and negative test looks like, along with knowing some of the basics of each macromolecule, especially what they look like when it comes to their structure. So something I definitely recommend, guys, go back and review your macromolecule quick study sheet for carbs, proteins, and lipids. And now this, make sure to complete the Unit 2 AP Classroom Videos and Progress Check due November 9th, 9 a.m. Now, guys, this is a great review for your cell exam. The videos are great. They cover everything that I've pretty much have covered when it comes to cells. And the progress check, full of exam-like questions. So definitely get that done once again by November 9th, 9 a.m. And now this, guys, I'm tired. Yep, physically exhausted, perpetually stressed from this hybrid distance learning. So I think I'm going to have to go from a weekly podcast to one every two weeks. Yes, kind of sad to say, but yes, one every two weeks. Guys, I love making the podcast, but the time it takes to write, record, edit, post has become too much during these times. And I'm even starting to wonder if students are actually getting anything from the podcast this year. So the podcast still lives, just not as often. So expect about two episodes per month for the rest of the foreseeable future. And that concludes our segment. And now this, giving you some of the important news in AP Dual Credit Biology. Now for our final segment, where we go back into Mr. V's mailbag and answer some more listeners' questions and feedback in what I call Mr. V Answers Your Questions, or at least tries to. You've got mail. Now this week, we have one question feedback from username Justice for Tiger King 2020 and they state, hey Mr. V, enjoying the podcast. My question is, where do you get all those beast bow ties that you wear? 
Well, great question, Justice for Tiger King 2020, and thanks for listening to the podcast. Well, when it comes to my beast bow ties, I hand make them myself. I have the finest fabric shipped to me, and then I delicately construct my bow ties from that fabric. So don't go looking for them online, because I make them myself. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Actually, none of that is true. Guys, I find most of my bow ties usually online from various stores, sometimes even from Etsy. And actually, a lot of my bow ties have been given to me from family and even students as gifts. Wow, that's cool. So there you go, Justice for Tiger King 2020. Hopefully that answered your question. Hey, do you have a question or feedback about the podcast, biology, TV shows, books, music, anything in life? Well, send those questions at feedback to ovelas at nisd.net or the Instagram page for the podcast Evolving with Mr. V. And it just might be on the next podcast. This just in to the E211 newsroom. Looking for some extra credit points? Maybe even a cool prize? Well, answer these trivia questions by sending an email. Yes, an email to ovelas at nsd.net. All correct entries will be entered into a drawing and a winner will be selected on November 13th. So here are your trivia questions. First one, which organelle does Mr. V consider his favorite? Which organelle does Mr. V consider his favorite? Second question, which Netflix TV show did Mr. V just recently recommend to watch? So once again, which Netflix TV show did Mr. V just recently recommend you to watch? And our last question, which indicator test did we not perform for the macromolecule ID investigation lab? So once again, which indicator test did we not perform for the macromolecule ID investigation lab? So send your email with your name, period, and answers to these questions, and you could possibly win five points added to your lowest exam for the second nine weeks, a cool UIL science t-shirt, and some cool, fun pair of socks. So get these emails in. Entry deadline is November 12th. Well, that's it for episode nine, Cell Week for season two of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive, Sound Bible, and Zapsplat for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Entertainment 720, a Velasquez production company. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Yes, go to your Apple iTunes or maybe go to your Spotify and see if you could rate and maybe even comment on the podcast. Also, make sure to follow the Evolving with Mr. V Instagram page, keeping you informed of all things AP Dual Credit Biology. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to Please, please, for your professor's sake, stop with the TikTok videos and study for your exam. 